Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one of the I'm Ron. This is Braden. Welcome to Commanders Uncensored. Welcome back. And once again, I want to thank you for listening. Braden, how you feeling, bud? Good. What's going on? Well, um, real quick before we get into it, the NFL Finance Committee apparently has quote-unquote concerns over the Josh Harris buying whatever. There's there's too many partners or whatever, whatever. And I just think it's the media. They got to create stories. I don't, I don't think, once again, like we've said this before, I don't think you come this along in the process. I don't think you bring a Magic Johnson I don't think you bring the richest person from South America. I don't think all of that happens. And once again, he was part of the Rooney. That's right. The Roonies from the Steelers minority owner. I don't think all of that happens for you to go. This is going to fall apart. To me, it's a non-story. What do you think? Yeah, this is some BS. (laughs) It, it's, it ain't nothing. Exactly. So it gets that much of my time. I just wanted to bring it up because I'm sure there are people that are worried about it. Don't worry. This is too far to not happen. The Colts apparently are asking the NFL, though, if they can investigate into the tampering rule. So... Last year, we said Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, or I should say the Commanders, right? Mm -hmm. They openly said, we reached out to every team. We wanted to know about the quarterback situation for every team. Well, this leaked out, right? And Jim Mersey, the owner of the Colts, goes, timeout, hit the brakes. What happened? You called a quarterback that is retired, but he retired a Colt. So what that means, for those who don't know, if you are under contract for an NFL team and you retire, you cannot come back and play for a different NFL team. If you come back, you have to either, one, play for that team that you retired, or you have to get their permission to leave. So if the commanders asked, do you want to come play for us without consulting the Colts? That would be tampering. So I guess my question to you, Braden, is, is this a big deal? No, it is not a big deal because, I I mean, dude, the guy has to have some freedom, right? <laughs> I mean, and what's the what's the penalty if it is tampering? That's what I'm trying to like. What would what, what's going to cost Washington? They're going to lose the draft pick. Okay. Okay. Do you know if that's a high draft pick? Uh, I can't remember. It's happened recently. Was it? Well, 
Wasn't it the Dolphins? Didn't they lose a first-round draft pick this year? There was only 31, and I believe it was because of the Tom Brady tampering. Right? Yeah, was it? Now that, that I said that, let me rephrase this question to you. Is it a big deal? Well, yeah, yeah. If it's a first-round <laughs> draft pick, obviously, yeah. But, I mean, I, Washington, man, we need, a, we need to land those first-rounders first. But, yeah, um... I yeah, I mean, I don't real, I don't know anything. It's a big deal, and I sure hope not. But you would think that's just a stupid rule. Honestly, you would think it doesn't matter what the freaking Colts say. You got if Andrew Luck don't want to play, he ain't playing. That's the bottom line. But hey, that's the rules. That's I don't agree with it. I think it's stupid. But yeah, it's a big deal. It one hundred percent is a big deal, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. Because what you just said, I don't even care if it was a third round draft pick. There was no need for Ron Rivera or whomever it is, the owners, the GM, whomever is in charge of knowing that, right? Why would you openly go out and say that? Because you're trying to appease the fans for the mistakes that you have made. So therefore, you're saying, well, hey guys, we tried, but we didn't get them. As a matter of fact, this is how hard we tried. We tried everybody. You told on yourself. That's a big deal. That makes you a... I don't know what else to say, Braden. My man basically told on himself. And if Washington even loses a draft pick, I don't care what round it is. That's a big, that is a stupid move. That is, that will have to go down as one of the dumbest things ever. You're the head coach or you're the GM or whatever, and nobody even knows that you did this. And you go out there and you're telling everybody what you did. How dumb are you? Mm, Yeah. He is a retard if he gets caught with that. <laughs> that he better he better be slick with what he said in the messages. He better not have been direct. If he's gonna come out and be direct, he better have been slick in the messages. He better not have called anybody. Yeah. He should have had a friend who knew a friend who knew a friend who knew a friend who knew a friend's cousin call somebody who knew a friend who knew a friend who was a cousin of a friend of Andrew Luck. You know what I'm saying? Dude, if you get caught up in this, and this is true, one of the all-time greatest, dumbest, moronic things I have ever heard anybody in sports doing. Once again, that would be a fire him immediately buzzer, right? Almost. I mean, yeah, it's... It definitely pops in your head when that comes up, yeah. That would be stupid. Moving on, so this guy, and I don't even know who he is, really, and maybe I should, but I don't really know who he is. His name is Matt Miller. And Matt Miller said, Sam Howe is a Colt McCoy. Sam Howe says, I mean, I'm sorry, Matt Miller said that Sam Howe is not a playoff quarterback. And before I even go on, I just want to say, who is Matt Miller? Who the fuck is that 
guy. I don't know who he is. Do you know who he is? Nope. Do you care what he says? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't think he cares what we say. Well, maybe he should because I'm going to ask you then. What do you think or who do you think Sam Howe remind you of? If you had a comp, right? Mm -hmm. You've watched him. Who is, what is comp to Sam Howe? Someone, when I watch Sam Howe, someone who I think he reminds me of, honestly, is almost like a Baker Mayfield. I mean, we really don't know what we get. We're not, we don't know what we're getting with uh, Sam Howe. I mean, that's the honest truth. He might, he might be a Colt McCoy. He might be a freaking Hall of Famer. We don't know. So, and I think I think that's how Baker Mayfield came out in the draft. You don't you don't know, but you like him. He has he has a big arm. He may make exciting plays. So I kind of see, you know, the speed's a little the same. The arm strength, you know, the fodder plays and everything. I kind of see a a uh, Baker Mayfield in him, which I hope his career turns out better than Baker. But you know, that's that's who I compare him to. I compare him to the one and only. It's Heineke. You compare him to Heineke? It's Heineke with a little bit stronger arm, Bray. No, I don't, no, I don't agree he with that. He can move. What's Heineke do? Rolls around, right? Makes things happen. Throws the ball. Why isn't he like Heineke? He doesn't. Well, he has a lot stronger of an arm. I wouldn't say a lot, but go ahead. I think he has a lot stronger of an arm. It's okay. He, he doesn't move as much as Heineke moves. Heineke runs a little too much. Uh, you saw him one game. He does run a lot. Watch mm. his guy. Watch him in college. He runs. Now, nothing about it. Nothing about it reminds me of Heineke. Well, Baker. I think Baker Mayfield is a better comparison. <laughs> I think you need to go back and you need to rewatch some stuff then because Baker Mayfield really never runs around a lot. Sam Howe runs a lot. Probably because our freaking offensive line sucks. He ran a lot. Tom Brady would run a lot if he had our <laughs> offensive line. No. You're he ran idiot. a lot in college. It's part of his DNA. He is he's he's like a he's like a Hertz. Yeah, I was gonna I mean? say might as well call him Hertz then, but he ain't like him. He ain't like Jalen Hurts. So he's like Heineke. He's like freaking man. Maybe like a Derek Carr. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's in Derek Carr, he's a Baker Mayfield, he's in that category. Um, actually, I'm just joking with you, Braden. I he does his game does translate to a stronger arm Heineke, but I really wasn't going to compare him to Heineke. I just wanted to mess with you. The way he moves and throws when he's moving and throwing, not when he's running, obviously, it actually reminds me. My comp is Drew Brees. That's high praise. That's high praise. That's a little disrespectful to Mister Brees, honestly. We don't know that yet. What if this guy ends up winning five Super Bowls and is a Hall of Famer? Then it's not, right? Yeah, then he's better than Breeze. My point. Like, you don't know because you don't know. It, it's been one game. No one really knows. But when I watch him in the pocket, is what I'm saying, yeah. and I watch the way he delivers the ball, the delivery reminds me of Drew Breeze. So that's my comp, Drew Breeze. Okay. But I also like the, the, the Heineke comp, too. Yeah, Drew Brees, didn't, he didn't run around. That's right. So, if 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 Heineke and Brees had a baby, it'd be Sam Howe. 
Okay. That's that's right? More reasonable. Thank you. That's kinda like Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, honestly. If they had a baby, it'd be oh, like Oh, now ba- you're saying cars as good as Breeze? No, I'm saying not nothing like that. Go ahead, finish your story. Well, what were you saying then? Well, Baker Mayfield would be a good baby too. You know? <laughs> I have no idea what you're even talking about. Drew Brees and freaking Heineke. I think Baker Mayfield's a better baby than Sam Howell. But didn't you say they were the same quarterback? Oh, yeah. You're, wait, hold, <laughs> you got me messed up. Uh, got it. You know what got I mean, it. though. You know what I mean. I think, yeah. Moving on. Let's just stop. I got him. Got him. So, I want to ask you this. So, I was not impressed with, and this, we were very clear in the last pod that it's not what the commanders or who the commanders drafted, right? It was the position the commanders drafted. And I did not like it because our offensive line needs a lot of help and we and they need help at the tackle, right? And they did not even draft a true tackle. Yeah. Like a tackle. Like the guy who you know is your tackle for the next 10 years. So, have you ever heard of the line... Um, uh, I'm even trying to think of it. Darn it, it, it it's it's uh eluding uh, me right now. It's a uh, mass uh, uh master of none. How's that old saying go? Something about oh, jack of all trades, master of none. Never heard it. That means you can do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. but you're not really good at doing one thing. Mm. Right. Yeah. So. You're a jack of all trades. You're a master of none. That's like Taylor Heineke. Well, that'd be like me around the house, right? Okay, I can go, whatever, do a little bit of gardening work. I can go cut the grass, but I'm not a landscaper. I can go, you know what I mean, do a little handyman stuff, but you're not a professional. You know what I mean? Like, you can do things, but you're not the best at those things right you can do the little things and i feel like that is what washington i feel like that is what ron rivera is doing with this team he wants guys he wants to draft guys that are multi-positional if you will right so let me put this a different way to you Braden. do you think when they drafted Sean Taylor, they said, we're going to take Sean Taylor because maybe he can play cornerback for us. Nope. Or maybe he can play linebacker for us. Probably not. They drafted him to be the safety, right? Yep. So, do you think they drafted, you know, uh, Jerry Rice with the 49ers, right? To be, you know, move around and play different positions or, like, uh, you know, Whatever, whatever position is, think about any Hall of Famer, you know what I mean? The greatest of the great, right? The guys who make the Hall of Fame. Do they play multiple positions? Nope. They are a master at what they do. They are the best of the best. If it's the middle linebacker, do you think Ray Lewis is, is going to be a defensive end on one play, and then he's going to be the linebacker on another, and he's going to be a safety, and he's going to... No, because he is a master at his craft. I don't care if it's left tackle. 
I don't care if it's safety. I don't care if it's cornerback. I don't care if it's quarterback, running back, whatever it is. You draft not a guy who plays in college multiple positions because in college, the competition is not as good as it is in the NFL. And if a guy cannot be a starter at one position in college, that means he will be a bum in the NFL. He will not even probably make your freaking roster because he could not even be a starter at the one position he wanted to be. So the coaches moved him around. You know, what are we doing with this? Like, I don't understand how hard this is. And the people fall into the trap. The fans go, oh, well, we got this guy and he can play. He can play corner or he can play safety and he can play linebacker. If you got a guy that can play all those three positions, either you got God or you got nobody. And let me give you a clue. You got nobody, my friend. Well, I think I think I agree with what you're saying, but I think the whole reasoning behind it is they're seeing guys like Micah Parsons now that are playing everywhere in the linebacker spot and playing DN. They're seeing guys like Debo Samuel that's playing running back and receiver, guys like Gibson. Antonio Gibson plays a little bit of receiver running back role. So I think I just think that's the reason why we're going more that direction. But I agree with what you're saying. I don't think it doesn't like success rate is not very often you find guys like that. That's very rare. So that's what I mean. The next one that comes in my head is freaking Taysom Hill, and he's I wouldn't want him on Washington. Think about what you just said. So one, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is putting on weight this year because Micah Parsons is now not going to play linebacker anymore. Apparently, he's going to be a defensive end. Because they probably said, you're too light to be a defensive end and you're too heavy to be a freaking outside linebacker. So eventually you got to pick one. I pick think one. I His stats and game, dude, his game backs that up. He's a beast. He's putting on weight and he's only going to supposedly play defensive end. Well, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, gadget guy. He's just He was just there because of team. Debo Samuel, they're, they're gadget guys. He's not really a running back, Braden. He's a wide receiver that they put back there every once in a while. The guy's not freaking Adrian Peterson. He's not Barry Sanders. He's not Emmitt Smith. Do you think he's rushing for 2,000 yards? Well, no one can do that. No one can freaking do that. No one can put 1,000-yard receiving and 1,000 rushing yards. You can, You are taking, and, and I, yes, I'm all for the gadget guy. The one guy on your team that's your gadget guy. I get that. But when I'm building a team, I want my center to be my center. I want my guards to be my guards. And I want my tackles to be my tackles. If I got a guy that can be my gadget guy who's a wide receiver, I mean, this has been going on forever. The Steelers did it with uh, Randall L. Like, yes, you can move those because you built the freaking house, right? The house is strong. Now these are the accessories. You can move those guys around, but you can't move your core, your strong guys around. You can't take a linebacker and you get they can't cover. So stop with it. Be a master at one position. And then when you build a team that is solid on offense and is solid on defense, and if you want to put a gadget guy in there, I get it. Yeah. But you don't draft every player on your team. You don't draft a cornerback that's a safety or he's a corner. Like, if he couldn't be a corner in college, do you think he can cover NFL receivers? Yeah, probably not. Exactly. You have to take 
the very best at that position. That guy played one position in college, and he dominated that position. That's who you want. We don't want a jack of all trades. We want a master of one. We're trying to put Hall of Famers out here. That's how you build a championship team. Hall of Fame. If it's a left tackle, that's all he does. If it's a right guard, that's all he does. You know what I mean? I don't care. You build a team with the master at what they do. That's what they do. Simple. So, on to that. Let me ask you this, Braden. Washington drafted a outside defensive edge rusher, if you will, tackle. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, um, and defensive end or defensive edge. Whatever you want to call that guy out there, right? He's your Chase Young. He's your Montez Sweat. And he goes by the name of K.J. Henry. So, at first, you're like, why is Washington going cornerback? Why are they going safety? Why are they going defensive end? You're drafting the positions that we have the most strength. I want to go and jump off the freaking bridge because I don't I don't get it. I don't understand what his process is. And then I stop and I go, timeout, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it, is it because of this? Could Washington be looking to make a trade? And when I say that, the big name that's really going to get you, your attention is Chase Young. Chase Young. Yeah, I mean that's the only that's the only thing that would kind of make sense. You would think because we kind of talked about it on the last podcast that Washington. Should have been taking guards, tack, you know, offensive linemen. They should have been taking linebackers, tight ends. Instead, they're taking backups and stuff. So, I, I mean, yeah, if you if you put it together, it's Ron Rivera's an idiot if he's taking them just to be backups. But if he's taking them to be, to be replacements, I guess you kind of understand more. Ron Rivera didn't pick up Chase Young's fifth fifth year option, so you right. know that hints to it. Um, now we're getting trades, or I mean. Now we're getting draft picks, so you know, you know, you never know with trades. I think was it sometime last year Washington was talking about trading. Well, there not no one talked about it, just rumors about Chase Young or um, Deron Payne or one of them getting traded. Someone from the D line. So yeah, I could see. I I I would not saying I would do that if I was Ron Rivera, but I understand where he's thinking now. If you know drafting that and it, the puzzle pieces are coming together. At the end of the day, they always say there's not enough money to pay everybody. So, could this be a move that is telling you that that is true? And it might not be Chase Young. Chase Young is the hot name right now because he's been injured and they did not pick up his fifth-year contract. Mm. So, it's very easy to say, well, maybe he was brought in here to allow the commanders to trade Chase Young. But what if I said it was Montez Sweat that they were going to trade away? After last season, I don't want them to trade Montez. I think he went I think I think everyone's still in this freaking Chase Young's better than Montez Sweat just because of the hype, but Chase Young really hasn't done anything on the field to prove that he's better than Sweat. 
I would not want them to trade Montez Sweat, no. <laughs> time out, time out, time Are you saying you're the GM, you're the owner, you're the guy, whoever it is, head coach, whatever that position is, you're the person who makes the decision. You're in charge of the commander's lineup right now, right? Yep, yep that's me. You have Chase Young and you have Montez Sweat, and you're told to trade one of them. I'm trading Chase Young, I think. What? First of all, let me let me tell you these two things. First of all, we saw we saw last year Montez Sweat what he can do. Montez Sweat was a freaking monster last year. He's a beast. And then Chase Young, just in general, over all of his years, his rookie season was his best, but it still wasn't nothing great. He never did anything really that great in the NFL yet. And there's a lot of potential on his name. I mean, that's, that's all we get is with Chase Young's potential. And so you're probably getting more bang for your buck if you're trading Chase Young. No. Yes, no, you are. You're, no. you're probably getting more value than what you're getting out of Sweat if you're trading him. No. I, I, no, I would say different. No. And I'm going to tell you why, because other teams are going to bring up the fact, oh, he's injury prone. Yeah, look. Then you just keep both of them. <laughs> I ain't trading. I ain't trading sweat away. But you got. You have to make a decision. No, screw. It. I'll trade freaking the worst player. I'm trading Chase Young. <sighs> wow. There's just no way because I have seen Montez sweat at his highest. And I have seen Chase Young at his highest. At their peak. Who was the one who moved the needle? I like Sweat. I actually said that Sweat was going to get double-digit sacks last year, and I don't believe that he did. I, I couldn't tell you. But I am a really, you know, I'm a guy who is very high on Montez Sweat. And let me tell you this. He does not move the needle like when I think back to that COVID season and when they played Tom Brady and the Bucks and they played the Steelers on that like that run at the end of the season when Chase Young was on fire. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's a guy who changes the game. He was stripping the ball from the quarterbacks. He's picking up. He single-handedly would change the outcome of a game. And I have never seen Montez Sweat change the outcome of a game. For that one reason and one reason alone, that's it. That one reason, Montez Sweat is a very good player. Chase Young, when he's right, when he's right, and he hasn't been, and maybe he never will. But I go back to that season, and maybe he will never be that guy again because of the injuries, or whatever reason. But he has never changed the game the way that Chase Young changed that season. That's it. That's it. You look at it. They're both good, but who yeah. is a game wrecker? Who makes a difference? Who actually wins you a football game? Not Sweat. Sweat has never won them games. Chase Young, when he gets going... He can carry a football team for two or three weeks. I, I semi-agree with you on the fact, yeah, Chase Young was a freaking game wrecker when that, the whole COVID season, but the, that was his rookie season. He didn't start the season off hot, but then during the midseason and when they beat the Steelers and all the way up to the Tampa Bay game, yeah, he had a great 
he had a great run there, so did the entire team. But after those like eight eight games or whatever, he hasn't done nothing. Before those eight games, he wasn't really nothing. After those eight games going into next season, he wasn't doing nothing towards ACL, came back, hasn't done nothing. It's all been potential. We saw eight games of him. Montez Sweat, we saw, you know, four years of him. And last year was his best year out of all of them, and he's been pretty consistent. The thing that separates him, and it's sad because I'm with you, for whatever reason, that, you know, before that knee injury, he was not living up to the hype, right? Whatever that is. Maybe, and he had time, and he could have still gotten hot. We don't know. We will never know that answer. But what I will say is after that injury, you will not know. And I guess this is why they didn't pick it up, right? The fifth year option. Because you will, you will not know what his, I guess, potential is or who he is going to be until a full year of recovery. So he came back last year, but I sat on here and I, and I told you, Braden, don't expect him. People were like, he's coming back. He's going to save the team. That was stupid thinking. That's people who don't really understand how these things work right. Like a knee injury like that, that is a year plus, really. Like you can come back and play before that, but you will not be. Because even when you come back and you play, right, there's going to be a brace on your knee. And mentally, you will not. I don't care who you are. You're just not going to go 100% because it's going to feel weird and you're going to think you're going to tear it again, right? It takes time. Like You got to learn how to ride that bike again. Yeah. Well, my thing is, he was a second-round draft pick. No, first round. All right, man. He was, he was second overall draft pick. Yeah. As a defensive end, had been hyped as probably the next generation best thing defensive player ever seen. And he didn't live up to it one bit. I don't even care. Throw all the hype out the window. He just him as a player. He's a good player, but he. Does, I don't think he's that superstar level. Wait till this year. Yeah, we'll see. yeah. Wait until that potential. That's and all. Then, that's that's and all. And then he's, he's going to screw about. over the guys who didn't give him the contract, and he's going to want to leave here, just like everyone else that they've done this to. And then he's going to say, "I want to leave." They're going to franchise him. He'll get a year or two out of him, and then he's gone because you didn't reward him early. You got to show trust in these guys. He's a guy you gotta believe in. He was your second overall pick. How hard was it to give him a freaking fifth year option? That little stupid mistake that you made could cost you him forever because he just may hold it against you. We'll see. I hope not. I don't care. Let's move on to Brian Robinson. B Rob. So. They once again they draft. I don't get it. We have running backs that I think is a strong position of ours, and we drafted running backs. So he he has been on. I saw something on like one of the social media things, and he's been working with Eric Bieniemy, and he has been like very happy and whatever and this and that. What is your prediction for this season for him? Do you see a big season? Do you see a small season? Do you see 
what he did last year. Is he going to improve? Is he going to get worse? Is he going to basically be the same guy you saw last year? Hmm. Well, I see. I see about eight hundred yards, ten touchdowns. It's kind of hard to predict that because we're getting a new offensive coordinator, so we. It's it's kind of hard to predict on how the enemy is going to call his plays and who he's going to even have playing because I would have him over a thousand yards, but I think I think Antonio Gibson's going to get some touches. So uh, we don't have to overthink this. It's just let's just keep this real simple. Do you think he has a better year than last year? Yes, I'm with you. I 100% believe that because. I think they finally have an offensive coordinator in here that's just not going to overthink it, right? I think, and if all if all goes right, they drafted the strongest positions that we already have on defense. We were already the third-ranked defense. And then we use our first two pick and we go defense. So this team better be the number one, two, three, four defense in the whole league, right? Oh, yeah. They better have the greatest defense since the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens. And if that is the case, if this defense is as dominant as they can be and or should be, well, then Eric Bieniemy is not stupid enough not to hand the ball off to his running backs. So you got a young guy who is saying, hey, coach, you were the running back, right? You know what I mean? Teach me to be what you were. I'm telling you, I think the handoffs are going to be there. I 100% see a big season out of him. But I'm with you as in he will not be the only guy back there because they just drafted a guy. And they have Gibson. So, yes, it is a crowded backfield, and we will still see the whole, you know, West Coast offense. But inside of that West Coast offense, I also see I see his touchdowns going up more than anything else. We get down inside the red zone. You're inside the five. I don't see the dumb, stupid play calls. I see a lot more just runs, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's just jam it right down there straight. Right? Yep. So... I'm I'm hyped and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do and I believe it will be better than last year. So Vegas has I believe it was around 6 wins. I can't know if it was 6 or if it was 5, 6 and a half, 5 and a half, whatever. Like it always changes and they had to put these halves. So let's just say it's 6 brain right now today as we talk. So Vegas I believe has Washington around 6 wins and this season coming up, and I want to ask you because most people that I talk to are like six, like what? But then again, Washington did finish last in the division, and whatever, whatever. Do you think, like, is that a very insulting number? I guess first I will say, is that like, Mm-mm. no, I don't. I, you just said they're last in the division, and. On top of it, I think it's even worse that they don't have a proven quarterback. So, when I first heard the number, so, yes. So, when I first heard the number, because you're a fan, right, first and foremost, you go, what, six? You know what I mean? Like, that puts us with, like, 
the worst of the worst, right? Like we're down there with Atlanta and and whatever, and then you, and then right, then you stop and you think about it, and you go, why should we expect more? Has this team been a fifteen win team? Like, no. Has Ron Rivera been a winning coach? No. Is this offensive line dominant? No. Is the quarterback great? No. Like, then you kind of go, well, maybe it does make sense, right? Like, Vegas knows, right? Vegas always knows. They're pretty damn close. And when they say six, at first I thought they're crazy. And then I actually went, well, let's go through the schedule, right? Like, why do they think that? And I can tell you right now, so Washington plays eight home games and they play nine away games. This is why I hate the, but I, I, so for, for, for the people who don't really know what's going on here and, and, and I will give you this up. So it was eight and eight, right? They add that extra game and that is a built-in game that will eventually, I believe, be for every team, a international game. Either you will be playing in the United mm-hmm. Kingdom, you will be playing in Mexico, you will be playing in Germany. So that home away game technically will be an away game for both teams because the competition committee will never allow a team to have eight home games and nine away games versus you have nine home games and I have eight away games. That is a competition advantage. So that is not going to be the norm, right? That is not going to be what's going to happen. So until they get this all figured out, eventually it will be 8-8 eight, eight, and then one game that you either be home or away, but it, it honestly both teams are away. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So for this season, though, it is 8-9, and nine, and I look at it and I said, man, well, that to me seemed crazy, so I went through the list. And I'm like, well, they play Dallas, Eagles, Giants at home, right? Division playoffs. I mean, I'm sorry, division division games. And then you have the non-divisional games in San Francisco, the Dolphins, uh, Buffalo, Chicago, and Arizona. So that's the home schedule. That's a very tough schedule. Yeah. But if you are, eventually you got to be, eventually as fans, we can't accept going, well, we lost because we played the best. You know what I mean? Like, we are always making excuses. And as a team, when you are the best team, you got to expect to win every every game. Like, you don't go, well, we're going to lose because that's a loser mentality. You just can't have that. So I look at this, and and and, and then the away, it's the same three ratio. You're always going to play to Philly. You know what I mean? You're going to play New York, and you're going to play Dallas. Home away. Doesn't matter, right? Yep. So then you look at the non-division games. You got the Seattle Seahawks, the Jets, Atlanta, the Rams, and New England and Denver. I looked at it. I'm like, man, this is tough, right? And I think that's a nine 
and or 10 win season. But this is a way, way, way too early to predict because, God forbid, you know, OTAs happen and your quarterback goes down for the year or your left tackle goes down. Whomever it is, your star player goes down with some injury, right? So we cannot predict the future as far as injury goes. And you look at the team that they that they play and you look at what they did last year and you would say, in my opinion, so I would say, yes, six is low. But it's not that drastically low to where it's like, wow. Like, they really, like, were way off. I'm being a homer and I'm going nine or ten. I could very well go eight there. You know what I mean? So, yes, I I do think six is low. But I also don't think it's, like, crazy low. What do you think? I think I think Washington will finish with eight or seven wins. Okay. With that schedule, depending, I think they're going to lose to Philly twice. I think I did. I looked at the schedule. I had eight wins if they beat Dallas one time, and then you know they lose to Dallas once. But I think seven, not not just Dallas, but I think New York. I think they could lose to either of those teams two times too. Honestly, I mean they lost to the Giants last year twice, or no, they tied, lost and tied. <laughs> right. And then, I mean, the one time we did beat Dow, we got killed the first game. And the one time we did beat him was with Sam Howell. So that, I mean, that gives you some, some hope there. But I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. I think I, I don't. I don't see Washington finishing with a positive record. Okay, so you got them right around five hundred. What you're saying? You got them being what they've been, average, forever. Yeah, and I see Ron Rivera getting kicked out the door after that one. Yeah, you can't keep going eight and nine. Like that's where we're at every year. So you're you're a little closer to what they're saying. You're a little closer to you do actually believe it's closer to that six. Yeah. You have it higher than six, which is good, but you're still saying it's below five hundred. Uh, yeah, or at five hundred. Like you're right at the. It's either one game above five hundred or one game below five hundred. Like yeah. you're right at that. Like. Whatever. So. I mean, they do have a hard schedule. There ain't, I mean, Washington. So basically what you're saying, for all those who don't understand, you're not good at, You're not good enough to win the Super Bowl or to make the playoffs, and you're not bad enough to have the number one pick. Yeah. I mean, you ain't going to beat the good teams, but you ain't going to lose to the bad ones. And that just leaves you in the average. Exactly. For all the fans who think that we're getting the number one pick next year, we're getting the greatest quarterback ever, this team is built good at some positions, and and but they're, they're just not built right. I'm saying they're going to be better than what you're saying because I believe in the defense. At the end of the day, that defense, and and... I believe in Eric Bieniemy as in not making those stupid, stupid play calls that cost us games. So if we are in the game, hopefully we don't beat ourselves, right? Yeah. And if that translates to a couple more wins, then we're right on. I'm done, I guess. Do you have anything else? Nope. Well, this has been... 
Commanders Uncensored. So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight.